Hello, thanks for tuning in. If it's your first time, this is Let's Table This. Honest conversations about real life issues. The conversation today is centered around learned stereotypes that are deeply ingrained in our beliefs and how they affect our behavior. So in one of the courses I teach, um, examining human behavior, we actually do talk about conscious and unconscious biases. Um... I'm going to summarize a few. So first we have affinity bias, and this is a tendency for humans to like people with similar backgrounds as theirs. Uh, There's also the halo effect, and that's when you put someone on a pedestal after learning something impressive about them. Okay, Um, when they do something wrong, however, you're almost blind to it. The opposite will be the pitchfork or the horns bias. And that's when you don't expect anything good to come from someone who you don't like. Uh, Let's see, what other one? Oh yeah, so there's perception bias. Perception bias is very interesting because it's when your assumptions about a group of people doesn't allow you make um, sound judgment about them. And this is further strengthened by the confirmation bias, which is when without even knowing it, you're seeking information that could confirm pre-existing notions or beliefs that you have about people so a situation will arise might arise where someone will do something and you just go aha i knew it they're all the same right so you end up lumping um people together you know instead of learning who everybody is individually So while unconscious bias may seem innocent, problems do arise when they make their way into real-life issues like racism. Today, I am discussing Black Lives Matter with my friend who is also a life coach, and I'm very excited for this conversation. So what does Black Lives Matter mean to you? Black Lives Matter um, means to me that my children's lives should matter. Um, Here, we're living in Canada, and it might seem like this is not a problem. Black Lives Matter is not really a movement I should get involved in, but it's a movement I want to get involved in, and I'm involved in because my son's life matter here. I want it to matter if they move to the States. I want it to still matter if they move back to Nigeria. I want it to be something that matters regardless of where they are and if we're not talking about black lives matter it means that we are pretending like we don't know what's happening just because it's not happening directly to us and turn a blind eye and we're keeping silent in the face of injustice and I just don't want to be someone who does that because not just because I have black sons but because I'm a mother and I can imagine how it feels to be those mothers who are losing their children. Of course, of course. So um, how do you feel when you hear people reply a statement as basic and as straightforward as Black Lives Matter with no, all lives matter? A lot of times when I've seen the statement all lives matter, it's never been in just the post on its own. It's always been on the Black Lives Matter. And it just, it bothers me. It bothers me because for you to feel the need to come say that on the someone who is obviously saying Black Lives Matter because they are crying for help, it's a way of silencing them. All Lives Matter is, is, is something that people are using to silence people who are 
who are actually hurting. And it's, it's really painful to see most times. And throughout this period, I have seen it so much. And a lot of times I've actually gone on that exposed to say, to try to explain, to give those analogies that are there. And then I just stop because I, I, I realized that the people who say all lives matter, they don't care about your explanation. They don't care about analogies you want to give. They're actually saying that to tell you not to say what you're saying, to just, to just pretend like racism isn't a thing, like black men and women are not dying on the streets like dogs. And they want you to just not say it. They just want you to say all lives matter because well, let's just leave and let leave. But black people, we, we don't have we don't have that liberty to just leave and let leave because the injustice is being done to us. So yes, all lives do matter. But like like you've seen so, so many people say, all lives will only matter if black lives matter. I I hear you. So why do you think it's important for people to be honest about addressing their biases? Uh, in these conversations, and why is racism something everyone needs to talk about, regardless of color? Okay, so I'm going to start by answering the first part of it. Um, why do I think people need to address their biases? I think people need to address their biases because without knowing it is where a lot of the decisions or the things that we decide to do or not do comes from, right? Like the biases that we have about people or against them are the, is happens to be the reason why sometimes we might want to take action on something or we might be like oh no that's not my problem right because you already have a bias against that person or those people that's why you will or will not do something and then the other part why is racism something we need to keep talking about because it's something that is still here it's something that intersects with almost all the problems that we have so for black people racism then colorism there's also classism, but classism also goes into like even within the black community, African community, there's also classism. So everything kind of comes off from a lot of the things that end up happening, a lot of the problems that we have today as a society started from racism. And racism is a human problem, I believe. I think it's a human problem that we had, but obviously white people did it against black people or did it against people who have darker skin and white people have been the standard and everyone who has um, the darker your skin, the more, the farther away you are from the standard. So it's something that we need to keep talking about because maybe it's not affecting you today, but it will tomorrow or it will affect someone close to you. So if we don't talk about it, eventually it comes back to bite us, right? And and I think sometimes maybe people might think, oh, but as a white person, maybe it, wouldn't, it would never affect you. But as a white person, you are, you are ending up having to have all these biases that you, you didn't even ask for. They're just there. They're there because you've been taught to think this way, um, not consciously, but unconsciously based on just how your soci the society has worked for the longest time. Interesting. So do you think some Blacks are treated better than others? Yes, sometimes that seems to be the case. Um, some Black people are treated better because of the job that they're in, um, the circle that they're in. But the story that I've heard over and over again is that even in those instances, they can still see the difference. They can still see that they're not treated as, as good as their um, Caucasian colleagues. Um, like I saw, I saw a story about a girl who is, she's a medical student, I think she's a doctor now, but she was talking about how in residency, 
she was still treated worse than her Caucasian um, colleagues. So the, the truth is that yes, in some, in, in some instances, black people might be treated, some black people might be treated better than others because of um, how much they have, the fact that they're a bit richer or have more money and things like that. But at the end of the day, black people are still just not treated well. Um, so you, you, you almost have to work three pull as hard than, a, than, the, than the white person to even get close to the treatment that they would get. It's just like there is a clear indication that white is the standard and blacks are too far off from the standard. So yes, in, in a lot of cases or in some cases based on your job, a black person might be treated better um, than some other black people. But when it comes down to it, there is still that there is still you're just still not treated as well and another thing that 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 happens is that people would make comments like this you're not like the other black people or um i can't believe that you you grew up in nigeria or, or they, they will make comments that still indicate their i don't know if i'll call it ignorance i don't know what to call it but they will still make comments that show that they still don't accept blackness they just accept you because you've, you should be the standard. Why can't every black person be like you? Why can't every black person behave like this? And it's just like, you know, it's ridiculous. And, and that's really what happened. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely not a compliment when someone tells you, oh, you're not like the other black people. What? That is a huge red flag. See how um, frequently you get such comments. I remember when we all came here as international students. Um, you'd hear things like, oh, you speak really good English. And like you said, that kind of sp speaks to the ignorance that um, some people have. And when it comes to Africans and um, African-Americans, I feel like there is also that divide in the sense that um, when you ask those two groups of people what they think about each other, there are also some unconscious biases that sort of seep through. Um, how is the hashtag BLM for you as an African? As an African person, I think that the African-American person's struggle is different from mine, just because African-Americans have gone through so much and there's just that trauma that they have from knowing that people that they are related to were slaves and for a lot of them, they still have those traumas to deal with. They still live in neighborhoods that, that, that basically stop them from moving on in life. And it's just so hard. Those are some things that I can say that I've gone through. Now, I do face racism because I'm a black person and darker skin. We, we, as a darker skin person, you just have that struggle, which we're hoping becomes something that we don't have to struggle with. Um, but African-Americans have just been through a little bit, a lot more, actually, not a little bit, a lot more than I can say that as an African person I've been through. I know where I'm from. I can move back to Nigeria today if I wished and wanted to, but they can't just pack their bags and go back to, to like a country in Africa. I mean, they can, but when they do that, that's not even going to feel like home. Um, for them because they, they don't understand most of the culture and all of that. So for 
them, it's definitely a different kind of struggle. And I, and I think I had that struggle for sure. So have you ever felt the need to tone down your blackness? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I felt the need, especially as um, I think a natural people pleaser. Um, and, and actually the reason for even addressing my biases was came from that. The fact that I refused to talk about Black Lives Matter, race issues in my, um, on my platform came from the fact that I wanted to tone myself down as a black person. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to appear as, you know, like a black person who talks about race all the time and makes people uncomfortable. I wanted to just be that neutral black person who was easygoing. You can come on my page, enjoy my fitness posts and my health posts and my God posts, but really I don't want to go into race because that's kind of uncomfortable, right? Um, so yeah, I have toned myself down, even like for job interviews sometimes, the way I would wear my hair, I would wear it like so that it appears more soft. <laughs> um, but it's funny because the more you try to tone yourself down as a black person, it's still very obvious. Um, a friend said something, she said, you can try all you want, but you're never going to blend in. And I was like, girl, that is so true. You are just never going to blend in because everything about being black is different. It's just different. I'm different. I walk into a room. My skin is different. My hair is different. The way I talk is different. How can I even try to tone myself down? Toning myself down will be denying the very person that I am. And so over time, it just gets exhausting. And I came to the place where I was like, you know what, I'm just not going to. And if you don't like it, then that's that's totally fine. Then I know exactly where you stand. And it's, it's too exhausting to tone yourself down as a black person or as anybody for that matter, to be honest. Um, so yes, I have toned myself down, but I am done toning myself down. Oh, absolutely. Change is here and you know what, it's here to stay. It's, you know, it's not an easy conversation. That's for sure. It's hard. And you know what? That's because it's a conversation that matters. Um, we do have listeners who I'm sure um, don't even know how to put themselves into these conversations because they don't want to seem too controversial. Um, do you have any advice for them or baby steps on how to get started? So for those people who want to talk about this thing but don't want to seem too controversial, I would say start from talking about it in light weight. So start small. Start with the things that you, you feel comfortable with and that you're sure of. Because oftentimes the other thing that stops us from talking about these things is that we are not fully sure of what we're talking about. We are not convinced about that there is actually a problem. Because for me, I think I was kind of like, well, is there really a problem? Like, what's going on here? I wasn't sure of the problem. So once I became convinced that there was actually a problem, then it was a no brainer. I had to talk about it because I talk about everything that affects me and women on my platform. So why would I not talk about this? This affects women. Racism affects women. Racism affects women of color. It is a health crisis for women. Um, and so, yes, I had to talk about it. So if, if you're like, if you're a business or you are a mom, whatever it is, like, 
when you want to talk about it, how does it relate to your brand? But at the same time, make sure that you're being authentic with it. Don't just, don't talk about it the way that I would, just because you're like, oh, the way she talks about it sounds nice. So I'm going to talk about it that way. Be authentic with it, like related to what's happening. Don't just go all over the place and rant about it. You want to still make it that people are getting something out of it. Because at the end of the day, I feel like, we need to make sure that whatever we do has a purpose. There's a purpose to it. It's not just some randomness that we're just angry. We want to have a purpose to it. Some people will be just angry and that's okay too, because like I said, there's really no right or wrong way to talk about these things because they're just such heavy issues. And I always say that as I start talking about these things, people need to give me grace to understand that I'm not always going to say it right. I'm not always going to have all the right words, um, but I'm going to say it. And I also want to give other, talk about it with grace for other people, especially like my Caucasian followers. I want them to know that I want to give them grace. I don't want to attack people or make people feel like I'm coming at them, like calling you like you're a racist because you don't agree with something I said. I'm open for those to conversation. I'm I'm willing to listen and understand the other person's uh, yeah, yeah, point of I, view. I agree with you. It has been a crazy few weeks, that's for sure. And um, I wouldn't be a good friend if I don't ask you how your mental health has been. How have you been taking care of yourself in the midst of all this chaos? Yes, it's been a crazy past few weeks. And I just still do the same things I do as before one of my my huge thing is that i always need to make sure that i am you know reading my bible praying and really grounding myself in the word of god because that to me is is huge um once i do that i find that other things usually fall into place in in taking care of myself mentally another thing that i do obviously that you probably will you're like yo she's gonna say that is I work out. I work out and working out really, really helps me with my mental health. Um, I've also started seeing um, a counselor or a therapist for my postpartum anxiety. And I'm just so thankful, or should I say, I don't even know what to say, but I'm, I'm just so happy that I started seeing her even before all of these things started happening because I see her, now I'm seeing her every two weeks. When I see her, it's just, it's just a good way to just like, offload everything and just have someone else to talk to um just have a different perspective so doing those things so far has like those are the things that i've been doing to make sure that i am staying mentally strong and and mentally well for my family for my for my kids and for my husband and for everybody in my life those are the things that i've been doing another thing is just taking care of your health like in general you know like making sure that you're eating well making sure that you're drinking water making sure that you're you you know you are eating the foods that you know are better for you than others you know we all have things that our bodies prefer making sure that you're you're giving your body those things because oftentimes we think that oh um, um those things don't matter but it does it matters because if you are not physically feeling well then you will also start feeling unwell mentally so it's for me it's just yeah doing all those things you know making sure that i'm i'm grounding myself in the word of god working out seeing my my therapist or talking to my therapist um eating well 
just taking care of myself in general, these things help me to stay mentally strong. And of course, having a support system, my support system really helps me to make sure that I'm not like going crazy on days when on days that are really hard because some days are harder than others. That is that is definitely true. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, before you leave though, if you could tell us how we can reach you on your various social media platforms. So you can reach me on social media on preferably Cloud Fit. Um, you can also reach me on Facebook. It would be Grace Chica AK. That's my Facebook. I do have Twitter, but I don't use it, so don't even bother. Um, but yeah, so those are the two major places you can use me. You can reach me on. Um, you can also reach me on Facebook on my Perfectly Flawed Fit page. So those are the places you can reach me on socials. Um, thank you so much for having me.